The beginning of my sermon changed last night when Regina read a news article about a friend of ours. When we were living in Lincoln, Rhode Island, a couple doors down from us was the Kulik family, and their children and Ta or David were good friends. And this is a story of a little girl, not such a little girl anymore, who is now one year younger than David, so she'd be 29 years old, and has been a runner, and we followed Alyssa's progress over the years. She's now married, and her name is Alyssa Bloomquist. It began with these words, Bloomquist sets personal mark in capturing rock and roll Savannah Women's Marathon. It was the first competitive run in three years for Alyssa Bloomquist, but there was no drop-off in her ability to compete. The winner of the 2019 Rock and Roll Savannah Women's Full Marathon on Saturday, November 2nd, was encouraged to run the event by her peers. After giving birth to her daughter, the Rhode Island native said she found her purpose in running again. I had my daughter about a year ago, so I was motivated to get back in shape after having her, said Bloomquist, who lives now in Simpsonville, South Carolina. A lot of my friends told me I should go for it because the Olympic trials are coming in 2020 and everybody wanted to run a two-hour and 45-minute marathon. I had quite a few friends tell me that I had to try to do it. And Bloomquist had a day to remember, shaving 11 minutes from her personal best. She finished with a time of two hour and 41 minutes and 24 seconds. That means, yes, Regina and I will get to watch her next summer. I'm sure you'll hear a lot about it as she runs out in Portland, Oregon, trying to qualify for the Olympics. The 29-year-old Clemson University grad admitted she wasn't a serious runner at one point, but wanted to take a business-like approach as she prepared for her new season. I didn't prepare for the previous one the way I did this one, Bloomquist said. I took my rest this time more seriously. There's a lot to preach on right there. Right down to Sabbath rest. Did you hear one of the ways in which she had to prepare is to take her rest more seriously? We forget a lot of times we're here to rest. We're here to relax, to bathe in God's goodness, and to absorb what God wants for us so that we can give a higher percentage of our life to God, not so the church is just one more thing for us to do or one more activity to check off our list or one more place to donate to, but so that our hearts are turned more fully towards God. The problem is, is that we are human beings and we fall short all the time. And so this morning's text comes from a poem that was written by King David because David was a very human king. He was one of history's flawed individuals. As we know his story, he was a king and had a wife, and he lusted after another woman, committed adultery with that woman. She had a child, and then he took that woman's husband and put him on the front lines of a military advancement, knowing that he would get killed, and he did die. Now, I'm going to tell you this morning, we all do the same, hopefully not as serious as King David, but we all do the same thing that David did. David was a person where everybody thought his heart was given to God, he was this awesome king, but you and I, like King David, really need to ask ourselves, 
where we are on the commitment meter. How much of our life really is being led by God or given to God? Are there areas that we do like David and hold back? It's almost like this one little compartment in his life. He said, I will reserve that part of my life, and then every other part of my life will be given to God. Again, I doubt that anyone here will ever do anything as serious as King David, for his led to murder. But a lot of times we do need to ask ourselves, where are we? Are we at 25%, which would kind of be a poor commitment, 50% that might be fair, 75% that would be good, or 100% that would be excellent? The only problem is if you want to tell me on your way out of church that you're 100% committed to God, the only thing I'll know about you is you're not telling the truth, because none of us are there. The question this morning is not getting to 100%, but allowing our life to receive the forgiveness so we can move to the next step forward. That's why the rest of the story is so important. When Nathan, the prophet, comes to King David, tells him a story, and in the story, it's about a guy who has a lot, and he takes from someone else, and King David gets all upset with that story and says, who is that man sees him? And Nathan, the prophet, looks at him and says, well, King David, you're the man I'm talking about. And David realized his heart was not where he wanted it to be. And so he repented, and in his repentance and in his change, he wrote a poem. It's a wonderful poem. I'm not going to read all of it for you this morning. Please read it this week, Psalm 51. Just read Psalm 51 over and over. It's many people's favorite poem in the Old Testament, their favorite psalm, as it's an opportunity to look at where we are and how we can change with God's help. And there's really three things that I see that come out of Psalm 51 that are helpful for us if we want a greater percentage of our life given to God. And the first is to admit we aren't at 100%. None of us have arrived. The old Methodists had the term going on to perfection. That means there's always more work to be done. We don't get perfected in this life. We get perfected in the life to come. David put it this way in Psalm 51, verse 3. He said, I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. That's how God actually asks us to live. Not with a negative, woe is me, oh, I'm an awful human being, but to be aware of our humanness, aware of the areas that we are not living for God, aware of those compartments in our life that we try to keep secret. David knew what others did wrong, but he didn't always see his own faults. As a king, when the story was told to him from Nathan the prophet, he could say, wow, that guy is certainly not a good person. But now Nathan had to help King David understand that the same was true about him, that each one of us must admit we are not at 100%. I remember years ago, and it's kind of a funny story, just sort of about the percent and how we give and, and how we live, and it's a story about a time when I was serving the Lowell United Methodist Church. And we had a problem because we worshipped now upstairs, and downstairs was our fellowship hall, and it was always open. And if we left the back door open, from time to time, people would come in, sneak in. If people left purses or coats, they would go through them, and we would have stuff stolen from the church. So we tried to warn people, do not leave your purses unattended. Do not leave your coats with billfolds in them. And to the ushers, please remember to lock the door after everybody comes in. 
Well, one Sunday, my nephew was visiting, and he had his coat, and he hung it up downstairs, and he had a $20 bill, and he had a $5 bill. And he took the $5 bill out, and he came to worship, and he put $5 in the offering plate. And don't you know, that was one of the days where the downstairs door did not get locked. Somebody snuck in. They found his coat hanging there. They reached in, opened his wallet, pulled out the $20 bill, put his wallet back, and left. My nephew said to me after worship, well, if I know the other $20 would have been stolen, I would have given it to Jesus. <laughs> well, the real issue is, how do we give? Where is our heart? How do we look at our commitment? We need to begin by admitting we're not at 100%. And then we need to constantly in our life, this is not a one-time come to Jesus and it's all over, constantly admit the chance to start over. Verse 7 of our text says, Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. David here gives two future verbs. He's talking about the future. He says, I know that no matter what I do in the future, God will always purge me with hyssop. And wash me with snow. Now I know you came here this morning wanting a grammar lesson. And that's why I share that with you. Because you see, sometimes when we read the texts, we don't understand exactly the power of the words that are being shared with us. This was a confidence that David had, knowing that now and in the future and over and over again, no matter how many times he would mess up, God's grace was always there and would always forgive him again. Amen, folks? Amen. We are not at 100% and we will mess up. We will do less than perfect. Purge me with hyssop. Hyssop was a plant that was used for ritual purification, and was also used in the exodus to put the blood over the doorposts as the angel of death went by, and it represented God's grace and God's forgiveness and God's covering. Wash me whiter than snow? Well, fresh snow always represents something new and clean and 100% forgiveness. If you don't believe it, watch Frosty the Snowman this year. One of my favorites. I read something about Frosty this week and it said, Isn't it funny how such an old television classic just never seems to get old? It begins with Jimmy Durante, remember, saying these words? I suppose it all started with the snow. It all started with the snow. You see, he said, it was a very special kind of snow. A snow that made the happier happier and the giddy giddier. A snow that makes a homecoming homecomier. And natural enemies friends. For it was the first snow of the season. And as any child can tell you, there's a certain magic that comes with the very first snow. Especially when it falls on the day before Christmas. Fresh snow, it's a pure thing. Remember being a kid and catching snowflakes? On your tongue? It was an awesome feeling. There's something great about snow. I'm not talking about the dirty, smudgy snow that's over on Samoset Street after it snowed and all the trucks and everybody have gone by. But that first fresh snow, 
That's how David says we're cleansed by God. As clean as fresh snow. Accept it. Live it. Realize and admit that we aren't 100%, but also accept the chance that God gives us to start over. Because no matter what we've done in our life, come on folks, look at how much David did. The guy said, I'm clean as snow. That's an amazing gift that's given to each one of us. No wonder we want to give a higher percentage of our life to God because we don't serve a tyrannical God who's angry with us. We serve a God who loves and cares for us and continues to bestow grace upon grace and goodness and favor and love and says no matter what you've done, it doesn't matter. Start over today. Start afresh. Accept my grace and forgiveness. And then align our thoughts with God's thoughts. Far too often we're caught in our own thinking. Our own woe is me and look at how much I've done wrong. God's thoughts are creating me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. Those are powerful words. We get to go through life saying, God creates in us a clean heart. God renews his spirit within us continually. And that Holy Spirit does not do anything wrong. Those are amazing promises. We will never give more of ourselves if we keep telling ourselves negative things. If we keep putting ourselves down and having that squirrel cage go around in our head and tell ourselves that we're less than and, oh, I should have done this and, oh, you don't understand if I had taken this opportunity and if I hadn't made this mistake and if I had the opportunity that this person had. And God says, no, look at who you are. You're as clean as fresh snow. You're a beloved child of God who's completely forgiven. If I'm a bad person, then what's the point? If I'm just a messed up human being who's just going to mess up again, what's the point in trying? Then we're no different than Eeyore, one of my favorite characters. He reminds us of the power of, good, of wrong thoughts. Christopher says, good morning. Eeyore says, if it is a good morning, which I doubt. Christopher says, Eeyore, I put your tail back on you. Eeyore says, oh well. Most likely I'll lose it again anyway. Eeyore doesn't understand fresh snow, does he? He doesn't understand what God's doing in our life. David does. David understands grace and forgiveness. Forgiveness changed how David saw himself, and now he knew that he was wiped clean and cleansed with hyssop and clean as a fresh winter snow. Verse 8, David had said that his bones felt like they were broken. That's how low David felt about himself. Did you know that wrong behavior and wrong thoughts can actually make us sick? They can. If we allow ourselves to dwell in the negativity and the woe is me and the bad things that have happened and blaming others and cursing ourselves, we can literally make ourselves sick. And the psalmist talks about it in verse 8. He says he feels as if his bones were broken. Here's the secret. If our thoughts can make us sick by accepting what God does and accepting that grace can start making us better and healthy. Now verse 10 says, Create in me a clean heart and put a right spirit within me. The heart, the place, the center of all of our thoughts and everything that we think about ourselves and others 
David says it can be a clean heart. Spirit, ruha. It's the Hebrew word ruha. It actually comes out of the first two breaths that a person makes. <gasps> That's where the word for spirit comes from. God breathed into Adam. And now Adam became a human being. David messed up his life. And now he says, a right spirit, the right breath will be breathed from my life. Our thoughts and our humanness can be clean and it can be right and it can be the way God wants us to live when we can accept the forgiveness, accept that we're not perfect, accept that we are not at 100%, but as God cleanses us and works in us, we will do better, but we need to make that commitment to do better. We need to make the commitment to give a higher percentage of every area of our life, how we treat our children, how we treat our spouse. We treat our friends, how we accept forgiveness, how we read our Bible, how we pray. Every area that we increase the percentage of how we live for God, folks, we get better. We get healthier. Do I have an amen? Every area of our life that we choose to give more to God, we get healthier. We quit being Eeyore, even though he's fun to laugh at. Look at the mirror. You go home today all by yourself, look at the mirror. It's something I like to do from time to time, not because I like to look at myself, but because I like to ask myself this question. Do my insides match my outsides? I know how hard I work to try to look good when I'm in front of other people. I know how much I work to make sure that my tie is right. It is right, isn't it? And there's no spots on my shirt yet. But God doesn't ask us to look at our outsides. He asked us this morning to look at our insides. He asked us to ask what percentage we're living for God. It's not based on willpower. It's based on grace. It's not based on us working harder. It's based on us surrendering and accepting that God can do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And to start to realize it in our life as we seek to live for God more, God will change us. What percent? It's an awesome question to ask ourselves. It's a question of the day. David had to admit that there were parts of his life that was absolutely kept away from God. In our life, God does not expect us to be perfect, but God does ask for us to look at every area of our life, our prayer life, our relationships, our giving, our volunteering, our serving, our loving, and ask for God to take a greater percentage of that life that we could live more in conformity to the image of God that God wants for each and every one of us. At this time in our service, we just take a moment A moment to breathe, to exhale. As Pastor Stan was saying, that, that ability to breathe and exhale to, for our spirit, the same breath that God placed into Adam, he's placed into each and every one of us. 
So at this time, we just pause. I welcome each of you just to settle in for a moment. Perhaps close your eyes, bow your head, and just breathe in this holiness. Deeply. That in this time and in this space, Christ poured a message out for each of us to receive. Poured out to us to admit, to accept, and to align. Where in our lives have we not been putting the full, fullness of our faith, the fullness of our love, Where in our life have we just continuously let the broken cycles and broken aspects of the past continue to stir within us? And at this moment, at this time, at this very hour, Christ is saying, I am here to break that for you. I am here to let go of that past so that you can step fully and righteously into the here and now, into the love that I have for each of you. Just breathe. And in this moment, just take a collective breath, and as we just offer up this prayer, dear most gracious Heavenly Father, just thank you so much. Thank you for this day and this opportunity for us to come here together as your family to rest, to rest, to lean into you, to put all other concerns and situations out of our minds and to focus in, to dial in, to worship you. We are happy and grateful that we have this opportunity for us to see with a clear mind where in our life we have not been putting the fullness into you, not giving you the percentage of our hearts, minds, and soul. And so we just come before you because as we took part and ate at the table, we know that you are offering out and extending out to us forgiveness at the same time offering us the ability to make amends, to move forward, to accept forgiveness as we go forth as your children. Thank you for being with us, for walking with us, for guiding over each and every person and household that is represented here so that we can admit where we have gone astray, where we can accept, and where we can realign ourselves with you. Thank you for the blood of the Savior who has cleansed and washed each and every one of us. This we pray in his name. Amen.